Okay, in our uh, good morning, in our last podcast, we spoke about um, Rav Nachman having nine kav of water ready for his students. Um, but now we're going to talk about how, per- and, and we talked about how really that wasn't correct what he was doing. And now we're going to give another opinion. And we'll see that opinion on the very bottom of 22a, Chafbez Ahmed Aleph, the last couple of words. Ki asa ravin. Amar, um, when Ravan came, he said, "Usha Usha, there was a happening. What happened was, is Bikilo the Rav Oshia. This was in one of the rooms of Rav Oshia's home. Asu Rav Asi. The students they came and asked Rav Asi about using nine kav of water instead of doing the uh, going to the mikvah, instead of using the 40 se'ah um, for somebody that had a seminal mission. Amar Luchus Rav Asi said to them, Lo shanu hamargo. We only taught that nine kavin work, um, only taught that when it comes to a sick person who um, who was Margil, who caused himself to have a seminal mission of Onso, but somebody that is sick and had an involuntary seminal mission, Patrimiklum actually doesn't need to do anything, doesn't need to do the nine kav, doesn't need to do the 40 immersion, completely exempt from everything. So that would be a very different opinion. Amar of Yosef, Yosef says, it's the mid of Nachman, Rav Nachman's vessel is now uh, put back together, right? Because we had said that it had broken when we heard that, when we heard the opinion that nine kav doesn't really work. Now we're saying it has been put back together. Okay. Michti. Um, so now the Gemara is going to go back to the source of the law of um, a person that had a seminal mission needing to have any sort of contact with water in order to be lear- in order to be able to learn Torah. So let's see. We're finding that all of these scholars of the Gemara and scholars of the Mishnah and the Brisas, they're all arguing about Ezra's original decree. And if they're all talking about the original decree, why don't you just go back and look at what the original decree was? Why is there so much confusion and complication? So Amr Abaye, Abaye explains as follows. Ezra Tikin Libari Hamargil Arbaimsa. All Ezra said was that somebody that is healthy and has a voluntary seminal emission needs to immerse themselves in a mikvah of 40 se'ah of water. Uvari Laonso, and he also taught that a healthy person that had a involuntary seminal emission, Tisha Kavin, only needs nine kav of water poured on themselves. So that was all Ezra said. And then the different scholars of the Gemara, they came to argue, they come to argue about a sick person. What is the halacha there? One opinion held that someone that is sick, that voluntarily had a seminal mission, would have the same rule as somebody who is healthy and had a voluntary seminal mission. And someone that is sick, that had an involuntary seminal mission, would have the same law as a healthy person that had a involuntary seminal mission. So that would be one opinion. Umar Savar, and the other opinion felt, So that no, a sick person that had a voluntary seminal mission would have the same status 
as a healthy person that had an involuntary seminal omission. That a sick person that um, had an involuntary seminal omission would be completely exempt from everything. So that was that's the basis of the dispute um, based on Ezra's opinion, based on Ezra's decree. Amar Rava, Rava explains, So Rava is asking that Abaye seems to have understood that Ezra was also the one that decreed the concept of a nine coven being poured on you. So now we're asking, that is true that Ezra decreed immersion in 40 sa'ah for someone that had a seminal omission, but did he really ever decree? Did he ever say anything about um, a nine kav being poured on someone? Baha'u'llah mar Didn't Master say, Ezra tikain tevila levalei karayim. Ezra enacted immersion for those that had a seminal omission, but we see nothing about Ezra having posited anything when it comes to pouring the nine kav of water on oneself. Ella Amar Rava, rather Rava explains Ezra's decree and then what happened after that as follows. Ezra tikin tevila levari hamargil arba imsa. Ezra decreed that a healthy person that had a voluntary seminal omission, they would need to immerse in a mikvah of 40 sa'ah. The Asu Rabban, and then the rabbis came, the Hiskinu Levari Laon Soti Shekabin, and they decreed that a healthy person that had an involuntary seminal omission, they would just need to pour nine kav of water on themselves. And then, and then you had the argument develop. And then the Amorayim, the scholars of the Gemara, of the Gemara period, they came and they argued about a sick person. One held that a sick person that had a voluntary seminal mission would have the same halacha, would be have the same status of a healthy person that had a voluntary seminal mission. And that a sick person that had an involuntary seminal mission would have the same halacha as a healthy person that had an involuntary seminal mission. Umar Savar and the other one held Levari Hamar Ba'im that a healthy person that had a voluntary seminal mission, they need forty they need to immerse themselves in a mikvah. The Khulla Hamargil Kivari Laonso, and a sick person that had a voluntary emission would be like a healthy person that had an involuntary emission, Tisha Kabin, which means that they both would need nine kav poured on them. They don't need to go to the mikvah. But then somebody that was sick and had an involuntary emission, Patamiklum would be exempt from everything. So that is the, the development of the halacha. Amar Rava, Rava says, Hilchasa, the halacha is actually that a bari hamargil, the chola hamargil, that whether you are a healthy person that had a voluntary emission or you are sick and you had a voluntary emission, so you need to go to the mikvah. You need to go um, to the mikvah of 40 sa'ah of water. Uvari la'onso tisha kavin. And if you are healthy but and you had an involuntary emission, then you need nine kavin poured on you. But someone that's sick that had an involuntary emission, they are completely exempt from doing anything. Now we are going to discuss more details when it comes to this, uh, these immersions and these pourings on yourself. 
we're at the um, um, colon, almost halfway down on 22b, Chav Beis, Amon Beis. Okay, Tanur Rabbanon, the rabbis taught, Balkari Shinesnu Olav Tisha Kaben Mayim Tahor, a person that had a seminal omission um, that poured on themselves nine kav of water is now purified. In what situation was this stated? This is for themselves, meaning for them to be able to go and learn Torah. But if you want to be able to teach others Torah, then you need to immerse in a mikvah of 40 sa'ah. Rabbi Huda Omer Buddha says, you need 40 sa'ah in every way, or in any way. And we'll talk about what Rabbi Yehuda means very soon. Okay. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shubhan Levi, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shubhan Levi, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yossi Bar Chanina, and Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yossi Bar Rabbi Chanina, they all spoke about the b'risa that we just taught. Chad me ha'izuga v'chad me ha'izuga aresha. Um, one from each of those couples just mentioned, those, one from each of those uh, two that um, just mentioned, commented on the beginning of the b'risa. On the beginning of the b'risa. So what was exactly their comments? Chad Omar, one said, Hadum Amrit that which the Brysa said, that when do we say that nine kavans suffice, that is for yourself, but for others, meaning in order to teach others, you need to have 40 sa'ah, you need to immerse yourself in a mikvah. We only taught that in reference to a sick person that had a voluntary emission. But when it comes to a sick person that had an involuntary emission, Tisha Kabin, you only need to pour nine kavin, even if you just want to, even if you want to teach others. The Khadamar, and then the other opinion said, Kol Afilu Actually, anytime you want to teach others, even if you are a sick person that had a in, involuntary emission, you still need to immerse yourself. In 40 sa'ah of water, you have to go to a mikvah. So that were the two opinions on the first part of the b'raisah. And then you had two opinions, one from each of those two groups um, that commented on the second part of the b'raisah. One explained, That which Rabbi Huda said, that you need 40 sa'ah anyway, or in any way, what does that mean? Loshanu el bakarka. That's only true if the forty sa'ah is in the ground. Then Rabbi Yehuda says you need. Then then Rabbi Yehuda says that forty sa'ah does the trick. Only if it's in the ground. Aval bekelim lo. But if it's out of the ground, if it's just in a vessel out of the ground, which in other words would not be a good mikvah would not be a appropriate mikvah, then Rabbi Yehuda would say that that does not work. So when he was saying in any way that you need 40 sa'ah in any way, it was not referencing, uh, he was not referring to a 40 sa'ah of water in a vessel, rather it had to be in the ground like a proper mikvah. The Chadamar, in the other opinion, said, Afilu bekelim nami, Rabbi Yehuda would allow you to go in 40 sa'ah, even if it's a vessel above the ground, even if it's in a vessel above the ground. 
Okay, so now we're going to analyze these two different opinions. It's understandable according to the one that said, that understands Rabbi Huda to mean that you can even immerse in 40 of water that is in a vessel above the ground. That is what Rabbi Huda would have meant when he taught, when, when it was taught, Rabbi Huda, Omer, Rabbi Huda says, 40 in any way. It's understandable what he means when he said in any way. It would refer to even in a vessel on top of the ground. But according to the opinion that says that you um, that Rabbi Huda would hold you can go in 40 saw in the ground but not in a vessel on top of the ground. What did Rabbi Huda mean when he said in any way? What novel concept was he coming to include when he says in any way? So we answer, he comes to include drawn water. So generally, if when you go to the mikvah, for regular laws of the mikvah, you cannot, a mikvah cannot be made up of water that was drawn. It has to have come directly into the, into the bath, whereas drawn water would not work. But in this scenario, in fulfillment of Ezra's decree, Rabbi Huda would agree that drawn water would work as long as you have 40 sa'a of it. Um, now, a quick story of Papa for Rav Huna, Barid Rav Yeshua, for Rav Barshmol. Rav Papa Rav Huna, um, the son of Rav Yeshua, and Rav Barshmol, Krichu Rifta Bahade Hadadi. They were eating bread together. Amar Luhu Rav Papa, Krichu by the name means to break. Um, we talk about breaking bread as eating bread together. Amruhu Rav Papa, Rav Papa said, Let me be the one that says the grace after meals, and I'll um, say it, and everyone, all, the rest of you will be able to fulfill your obligation through my recital. Now, why did he choose himself? Because I had an omission, a seminal omission, but I poured nine kaban on myself, so I should, so I am in a proper state to um, say the grace after meals for everybody. Amrlhu Rava Barshmol said to him, Tanina, but wait a minute, didn't we learn in a Braisa, but Medvar Mamurim, in which scenario does nine kavan work? La'atzmo, only for oneself, but for others, you need to immerse in 40 sa of water. So here you want to say the grace after meals for everybody else. The nine kav that you poured on yourself is not enough, is not sufficient. You would have needed to have gone to the mikvah of 40 sa. Rather, Rav Barshmol said, um, allow me to be the one that says the bracha, that says the grace after meals for everybody. Because I poured 40 sa'a of water on myself. Rav Huna said to them both, allow me to be the one that makes the bracha. Because I have neither nine cup of water on myself, or neither did I pour 40 sa'a of water on myself, because I didn't need to, I didn't have a seminal omission recently. Rav Chama would go to the mikvah, would go to immerse on the um, eve of Pesach, so right before Pesach started, in order to be able to um, help others fulfill their Pesach obligations and be the one that does it for them. However, the halacha does not follow him, meaning you do not need to do this type of immersion to allow others to fulfill their obligations.
which this could be understood in one of two ways, either that nine kavin would have been sufficient or that we go according to the opinion that says that we no longer follow Ezra's decree and therefore you don't need to do anything just because you had a seminal omission. All right, that is the end of those Gemaras, and now we will be beginning the Mishnah. The Mishnah is on the second of the widest lines. Haya ome bitfila v'nizkar shehu balkeri. If you were standing in the middle of Shmona Esrei, in the middle of the Amida, of the prayer service, and you remembered that you had had a seminal omission, lo yafsik el yikatzer, you should not stop in the middle of your prayers. Rather, you should shorten the blessings that you are saying. Um, Yorad Litbo, if one went to immerse in a mikvah, im yachol la'alos ulihiskasos v'likros ad shalotehei ha'netzachama. If you can come back up out of it and cover yourself and then say the Shema before sunrise, so we're talking about saying the evening Shema, you had not said it yet, and um, the time obviously passes once you hit sunrise, so if you're able to come out of the mikvah, um, cover yourself appropriately, and say it before nates, before sunrise, ya'ale v'yizkaseh then come up out of the mikvah, cover yourself, and say the Shema. V'imlav, but if you do not, if you will not have time to do that before sunrise, before the chance to say Shema passes, then yizkaseh b'mayim v'yikra, then you should cover yourself in the water and say the Shema. But you cannot cover yourself with bad water, and also not with water in that was uh, that had flax soaked in it. Until you pour more water into it, meaning that those waters are disgusting. You cannot say Shema in a disgusting position. So therefore, the only way you'd be able to do it is if you pour a lot more water into the bath into the mikvah, so that they become diluted and much less disgusting. Now we're going to talk about um, distancing yourself from something that is from something that is um, foul when you want it, when praying that you can't pray next to something foul. How far must you distance yourself from them, which um, Rashi understood stands as urine, or from feces? How far do you have to stand away from that in order to be able to pray? So we say arba amos, four amos is the um, four amos, which is four cubits, which would be about six to eight feet away. Okay, Tanu Rabbana. Now we are in the Gemara. Tanu Rabbana, the rabbis taught. If you were standing in the middle of Shimon Esra and you remembered you were a balkari, you had a seminal mission, lo yafzik, you should not stop. El yekatzer, rather just shorten the blessings that you are saying. If you were reading the Torah, and you remembered again that you were a Balkari, you should not stop reading and just walk away from the Torah. Rather, you should just read extra quickly. Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir says, A Balkari is not allowed to read from the Torah more than three verses. So in other words, once doing three verses, you then have to stop. Tanya Idach, we have a different brisa, or the other brisa taught. If you're standing, if you're in the middle of Shmona Esra, you're standing in the middle of the prayer service, and you saw that there was feces right near you, 
Mahalech lefanav ad sheyizrakena. Laachorav arba amos, you shall walk forwards until the feces is four amos behind you. And then obviously you would continue your prayer service. But wait a minute, didn't we say that it's enough to, that you don't have to walk in front of it? You could even just walk to the side of the feces. So why are we saying they have to walk in front of it? It's not a question. Here we're talking about where it's possible, meaning where it's possible to walk in front of it so that it's behind you. That's the better thing to do. And when we said you can go to the sides, that's where it wouldn't be possible to walk forward and to have it behind you. Okay. If you were praying and you found um, excrement exactly where you where you were, um, and you finished the prayer service, have you fulfilled your prayer obligation? Amar Rabbah. Rabbah explains. Even though you sinned, in other words, even though you did something wrong by praying right next to excrement, still your prayer is a good prayer, and you do not need to repeat it. But Rava asks on him, But wait a minute, doesn't the verse say that the offering of the wicked is an abomination? So here you did something wrong during your prayer service or with your prayer service. So the prayer service would should become an abomination and you should have to say it again. Rather, Rava says, Since he sinned, since he did something wrong, even though you prayed, your prayer is an abomination, and you'd have to say it again. Okay, we are at the colon on the bottom of 22b. Um, I think this is a good place to stop. So just to, just to um, again, review what we were talking about, we were speaking about all the different opinions about a, someone that had a seminal mission, what, need, what type of water do they need to come in contact with? We went back to the source, to Ezra, to understand how all of these, how all of these arguments developed, which was very interesting. Then we talked about the difference between what you need to do for yourself to be able to learn Torah and what you need to do to be for other, in order to be able to teach others or help others fulfill their, obligate, their mitzvot obligation when it comes to all of this. And then we started the Mishnah. Um, and in the Mishnah, it's talking about... Um, Different, different, um, different things that happen while you pray, and it's basically about coming, praying in the in the context of something that's foul. So that may mean you're a, you had a seminal mission. That may mean you had you're stand you're standing in disgusting water. That may mean coming in contact you're in contact with excrement. Whatever it may mean, that's the next discussion of the Mishnah and the Gemara. So we'll take a stop here and uh, have a great day.